for joining our podcast today. We are going to talk about the mystery of the man in the iron mask. Um, since this is French, there's going to be a lot of French terms. Um, but the title will be L'homme au masque du fer. Um, I'm Laurel. And I'm Eileen. I'm Dylan. So we would like to begin with some background information about our mystery. So our mystery begins in 1669 at the prison of Pignerol in Italy, which was controlled by France at the time. So the prison was controlled by its warden, Beignet Duverne de Saint Mars. In 1669, he's given a letter by the Marquis de Louvois, the French minister of war. In Louvois' letter to Saint Mars, he instructs him about how he's getting a new prisoner named Eustace Dogger. Louvois' letter tells Saint Mars to house Dogger in a separate cell away from other prisoners and to execute him if he speaks to anyone besides Saint Mars himself or if it's in some kind of emergency, if his life is in danger of some kind. Some other prisoners that were imprisoned in Pignerol at the same time as Dogger would, were the Count Ercole Antonio Mattoli, an Italian count who double-crossed the French king at the time, Louis XIV. Another prisoner was Nicolas Bacquet, the former French minister of finance, who was charged with, you know, he got his pocket, he got his hand into France's finances and was spending it on lavish parties and his own mansion. And then you also had the Marquis d'Alouzon, another French official who was arranging a marriage that that the king did not approve of. So that's why he was thrown in prison. So we continue on to about a dozen years later. In 1681, San Mars is promoted to the governor of the prison of Exiles Fort, which is also in Italy, but still controlled by France. So Dogger in our documentation shows that he was the only prisoner from Pegnerol that went to Exiles Fort with San Mars. Count Matoli and the Marquis d'Alouzon were released from Pignerol while Fakwed died in prison only about a year before he was supposed to be released. It was at this point that the rumors spread that a prisoner from Pignerol being taken to Exiles Fort was wearing a mask. And once again, once this prisoner was in Exiles Fort, he had the beast housed away in another cell away from everybody else. Now, I'll pass it on to Eileen here. So now we're in 1698, and San Mars is promoted once again and is now the governor of the Bastille prison in Paris, which is more widely known for, you know, the, um, the, <laughs> the French Revolution. And um, so Dogger went with San Mars again to the Bastille, and more rumors spread about the mysterious prisoner wearing a velvet mask at this time. And then we jump five more years to 1703 and the man in the iron mask dies. And um, he kind of just dies and just everything is kind of calm about the, nobody's really talking about it until 1771 when Voltaire and 1771 is when Voltaire writes a, a short story called The Man in the Iron Mask. 
And in this short story, he claimed that the prisoner was the older brother of King Louis XIV. And uh, he also claimed that the mask the prisoner wore was made of iron and, and um, kind of dismissing the facts that the mask was actually made of black velvet. Um, and this really is what amped up the mystery and the love of the mystery in the man in the iron mask. And then in the uh, in 1840s, um, Alexander Dumas put the man in the iron mask in his um, The Artenia saga of novels. And this pretty much immoral, immoralized the um, prisoner and made him extremely famous. So uh, Dumas borrowed from Voltaire and also said that the prisoner was the twin brother of Louis XIV and wore an iron mask instead of a mask of velvet. So um, now that we have the background information, these are the questions that we're gonna try to answer with some of our theories and uh, what some of our research answered. So firstly, who was behind the iron mask? Who was the person? What were their titles? You know, who was it? Um, and then why did they have to wear the mask? What was the purpose? Um, and was that mask really made of iron or was it made of velvet? Because there are a lot of different accounts. And then finally, perhaps most importantly, was the man in the iron mask a real person or was it a fictional story that trans transformed into the legend it is today? And um, so now we'll talk about some theories and um, we'll have you go first, Eileen. Okay, so the first two theories that I will be presenting aren't very, <laughs> they're not like really plausible, but I thought they were fun and some people actually do believe that this could be true. Mm -hmm. So the first theory is Louis XIV's father was the man in the iron mask. And this theory comes from Hugh Ross Williamson's book, Who Was the Man in the Iron Mask and Other Historical Mysteries. And Hugh Ross Williams Wikipedia page says, you know, he's a historian, but also an amateur ghost hunter. And I just thought that was funny. So I wanted to <laughs> include that. So the theory is that an unnamed man fathered Louis XIV with the Queen of France at the time and of Austria because the Queen and King Louis XIII were estranged and or he was impotent so he couldn't have children of his own. And Louis XIII really did not want to give the throne to Gaston, his brother, when he died. So he had a man paid to father a child for him so he could have an heir. Um, the man was paid for his silence and until all the conspirators, the king, the queen, and Cardinal Richelieu, who was Louis XIII and Anne of Austria's um, like advisor at the time, um, were dead. And the reason that they, he was imprisoned was because people who knew about it, other than those three, were afraid that people would see his resemblance to the king and, um, and they would question his legitimacy if he wasn't you know, related to Louis XIII and how could he take throne of France. Um, some doubt to this theory that I have started to question is the man in the Iron Mask would have died at 83, which at the time it's not impossible. <laughs> there are people that did live quite long in that period, but the average lifespan of a like of the average Frenchman 
at the time was 27 and a half, which wow. came from the 18th century. So it's, you know, around the same time. Mm-hmm. So it was unlikely that he would have lived that long, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so into my second theory was, um, <laughs> it comes from the same book from Hugh Ross Williamson's book. Um, it was Louis XIV himself that was the man in the iron mask. And the theory is that Louis XIV had a brother who was the illegitimate son of his mother, Anne of Austria, and Cardinal Mazarin, who was also an advisor to the queen, and was posing as him on the throne. And while he was imprisoned on the Isle of Saint-Marguerite, he married and had a son. And that son was taken to Corsica and given the name de Bonaparte. <laughs> and he would have be- and he became the grandfather of Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> and this theory would have made Napoleon the rightful heir to the French throne, giving him legitimacy that he should be ruling the French people. And again, the timing and like the age of people in this theory doesn't make a lot of sense. Because Napoleon was born in 1769, and the man in the Iron Mask died in 1703, meaning that Napoleon's dad would have had to have been born either in the early 1700s or late 1600s, which, again, not impossible. It just made him quite old when Napoleon was born, and it just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So... I'm going to turn it over to Dylan, who has a much more plausible theory to share. Yes, so my theory goes back to Ensign Stogger, the prisoner that was first sent to San Mars on the prison at Pegner Roll. So my theory states about how Dogger was a valet, so he was a servant for a French nobleman known as the Roll de Marseille who conspired against the French thrones. So he was thrown in prison and Dogger was thrown in and pretty much because of an association with the man, even if he didn't do anything wrong, actually. So this theory states that when Dogger was at the prison at Pegner Roll, he served as a valet for Nicholas Bockwitz, the French finish. French Minister of Finance, who was imprisoned for using the French wealth for his own personal use. So by the time Nicholas Falkbett died in 1680, San Mars found that there was a secret passage between Falkbett's cell and the Marquis de Luzon's cell, the other more pro- the other prominent prisoner that was there. So we would go on. So San Mars believed that Dogger, serving as a valet for Fockwit, had contact with Luzon. And of course, if we go back to what the Marquis d'Alouvois said, he wanted nobody to have contact with Dogger. So from this theory, we would have to say that Dogger had contact with Luzon. And there's believed that Luzon knew some terrible secrets and he had told Dogger. And so Sam Mars had no choice, but he would have to 
keep Dogger in prison for the rest of his life so that he would never reveal whatever secrets Luzon may have told him. Now, of course, there are documentation that show that Dogger was the only prisoner who went with San Mars to his other relocations at Exiles Ford and the Bastille. And there's also documentation that shows that a Eusence Dogger de Cavol was imprisoned in 1668, just a year before the Man in the Iron Mask. So perhaps it may have been the same man. But still, that's what my theory really states. Now I'll pass it on to Roll. Right. So um, my theory is all about Voltaire, the uh, fictional writer from um, the 18th century, and his stretching of this truth. So um, before before Voltaire wrote the person, personal history of Louis the Fourteenth, um, the Man in the Iron Mask was something not a lot of people cared about. Um, before Voltaire wrote about it, um, like over 30 years had passed. People were not very interested in it anymore. And it was kind of just something offhand, something to mention casually around the dinner table. Um, this changed when Voltaire wrote the personal history of Louis XIV and included the story of the man in the iron mask claiming that, um, that uh, Voltaire, that Louis XIV had something to do with it. So um, Voltaire was known for his hatred of the French monarchy and um, the whole ruling government body at the time. Um, the first time he was imprisoned at uh, the prison of Bastille, he was charged with treason for the release of satirical material concerning Philip II. Um, he claimed that Philip II was having an affair with his own daughter and wrote this into a play that um, was released to the public. Um, he was sent to prison for this material in May of 1717, and that was his first imprisonment. Um, during this time, he heard mentions of the man in the iron mask and was determined to find out more. Um, it, but it wasn't until his second imprisonment, which once again was for the release of satirical comments made about the monarchy and the government body, that um, Voltaire claimed he spoke to the men who served in the prison at the same time the prisoner was held at Bastille. Um, he mentioned all of this, including dubbing the name of the prisoner, Loma Masque du Fer, in a letter he wrote to his friend, Abbe Jean-Baptiste Dubois, in October 1738. And this is the first instance of that name actually being used, the man in the iron mask, that name being used. Um, and it's kind of what snowballed everything. So it seems reasonable to think that Voltaire would have had plausible evidence to who this mystery person was, as he claimed he talked to the handful of guards that had actually attended to the prisoner. Um, but in reality, by the time Voltaire was at Bastille during his second imprisonment, when he was, you know, um, doing these interviews, all the guards that had attended to the prisoner were either dead or had transferred somewhere else. And, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand with Eileen's comment about, you know, Frenchmen didn't live that long. Um, they usually didn't live over 30 years of age. So um, considering this theory, it's, you know, very plausible that Voltaire fictionalized the whole thing in only the way a writer can accomplish. 
can accomplish. And um, also considering this, the theory goes that the man in the iron mask was not actually anyone of importance, but was made to seem that way in the way that in the way of a noble of some with some kind of royal blood and to try to undermine the monarchy and make it seem unfit to rule. Um, and I, I don't know about how the French people thought about this, but um, I can definitely see that it probably created mistrust in the crown because of how they, you know, how could they trust a ruling body who would throw their own blood into prison for years on end and hide them behind a mask? Um, so I don't know about you guys, but I definitely see it plausible, most plausible, that it probably wasn't actually anyone of importance, but Voltaire fictionalizing the whole thing. Yeah, I think the timing of like when he wrote this was, you know, in the 1770s and then the French Revolution happened in 1789. It started in 1789. So like there was already like tension boiling. Like it didn't mm-hmm. just happen over a couple of years. It just right. needed it like happened over like a period of like decades and and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it is kind of plausible that, you know, he kind of was fictionalizing it to kind of push his own revolutionary ideas onto the French people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so too. What do you think? Like maybe perhaps the man in the iron mask was Dogger, but as I said, he was just a valet. He wasn't anybody of importance. He wasn't the he wasn't the Rue de Marsili himself. He wasn't a noble. Mm-hmm. So I could see why it wouldn't have been anybody of importance. Mm-hmm. But going back to the whole thing with Voltaire, because in my looking into his background, he was very a big advocate of separation of church and state, divine monarchy. So the whole idea that the king is chosen by God to rule yeah. the people. So that's why they should follow his word to the absolute. Because that's been that was happening in France ever since the end of the Hundred Years' War. So that's the thirteen mm-hmm. hundreds. And so at this point, that you have about 400 years of that. Mm-hmm. So I could see why the French people would be pretty tired of having an absolute monarchy that does not pay attention to them. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like if it was like a nobleman or anything, that would also like fuel people because people didn't like the elite at right. that time. Like right. they, during the revolution, they like just chopped anybody who had like any kind of <laughs> yes. like power or anything, they chopped their head off, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So like it makes sense that Voltaire would want to make the prisoner be somebody of importance instead of somebody that, you know, was just like a valet to somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also can see it being, um, the valet just because, you know, the like servants, all those kind of people were privy to so much information and just like forgotten to the back and like, you know, not really even considered people. So, you know, people would talk, the elite would talk in front of them. So I can definitely see it being um, Dogger and, you know, having maybe overheard something that he shouldn't have. And But I, I don't know, it comes, like other questions come up with that. Like, why didn't they just kill him? You know, why Why keep him? I mean, I'm sure it costs money to for St. Morris to drag this prisoner around with him everywhere. So... I don't know. I think it just brings up a lot more questions. I think they didn't, he didn't get killed because like that would kind of bring down 
San Mars's reputation, you know, it mm -hmm. he would think that you know people would hear that he, oh he just killed his valet and like didn't have a reason because he wouldn't want people to say like oh he had dirt on me it was like whoa what's the dirt you know like yeah. people would want to know <laughs> like I think that could be a reason why he wasn't killed mm -hmm. and you know Sam Mars he could paid for you know to have him shipped everywhere with him you know I think he yeah. made a pretty good living oh yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure he had the money to do yeah it. yeah. I think it was more about reputation. He didn't want people to know that his secret, but he also didn't want to, pe to have people think he, you know, just killed somebody for no reason. Right. Right. What do you think? Yeah, that would make sense. Somebody had some bad dirt on me. I don't know what. <laughs> I just don't know what I would do. It's like the saying, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Right. Maybe uh, that's like yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it. Yeah. Um, I, I really think it could be a mix of everything. I mean, maybe maybe not your two theories, no. Eileen, but... Mine are just more, like, fun theories that people kind of throw out there, yeah. whether they think it's true or not. I just thought it would be fun to, yeah. you know, add some spice to it. Yeah. yeah. Some people actually think that, though. Yeah. Like, someone obviously thought that and has faith in that theory. I mean, Hugh Rock, Ross Williamson, like, really was into, like, the theory that it was Louis XIV's fa like, mystery father. Like, he was like, it's this. Like, he in his book, he presented, the like, other theories. It's like, oh, well, this is why it doesn't work, but he didn't do that for this theory, and he had, like, a wow. way longer part of it. So, like, he was really invested in this theory, mm -hmm. which I thought, I was like, well, that just do the math. It doesn't really make any sense. But right. like, if you believe it, that's, that's, <laughs> that's on you. But you know? Yeah. 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 About the whole, like, no point theory. That's like, I mean, I have a story. Just think about it. You have <laughs> over a dozen years of revolution with guillotines doing beheadings and all this death. And then here comes Napoleon in 1799 showing up and, Turns out he's the true heir to the throne after all this. Although I feel like if the French people found that out, I don't know if they would have accepted him. I mean, mm -hmm. he might have like used that as propaganda for like other European leaders to be like, well, I'm like I'm not just like taking over the French throne, you know? I actually have like legitimacy and that might like would yeah. make him more I won't say popular because he was not very popular no. among other European monarchs, yeah. but like it would give him more respect, I guess, mm -hmm. with them if he had like royal blood. Because at the time, you know, royalty was everything to yeah. Europe. I wonder what Voltaire would have wrote about him if <laughs> Voltaire would have been alive. I feel, I want. I feel like Voltaire would like him at the beginning, and then once. Napoleon like turned into like the emperor. He uh -huh. would be like, "This is not okay. Like we, <laughs> we just got rid of our monarchy. Like why do we need an emperor?" Right. It's like, Let me make up another story. And yeah. Interesting <laughs> how the French people loved him, even though he pretty much became an absolute ruler. Yeah. 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 Especially once once he came back from Elba, they all rallied rallied for him again. Yeah. I that's so strange. Like, they were like, oh, we don't like the monarchy, but let's have an absolute emperor, like, absolute ruling emperor. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. Maybe that's what Voltaire would have thought, too. Yeah. I don't know. Bringing, with bringing prestige to France, he had won all those wars against all of the other powers of Europe. Yeah, and then everybody turned against him once he started losing <laughs> all those wars. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, it really, it could be anything and we probably will never know. Yeah, which is really kind of frustrating. Very like, frustrating. You know, being like human beings, we want to know like <laughs> everything, like why things happen or like and who like everybody was like in history, like it mm-hmm. intrigues us. And though we're not going to know, it's always really interesting to have a theory or have a mystery like this that we might mm-hmm. never know instead of like having a mystery solved, be like, oh, well, that's kind of lackluster. Like, it is. Out something yeah. And be like, oh, that's yeah. kind of lame. I was like, I thought, I thought it was something more interesting. Yeah, just, we wanted to make it bigger than it is. That's why we have these kind of theories. Exactly. Because if we could say it really, if the man in the Iron Mask descendant was Napoleon Bonaparte, this big, important historical figure, like, wouldn't that just sound great? Yeah. It is, yeah. and it's what I think it's one of the things that makes history so exciting and interesting. Because there's just like some things in history we'll never know. Yeah, like not even just like the man in the Iron Mask. There are like so many other things, like people going missing, and then like what happened to like certain like ships in on the oh, ocean. Like we, did, yeah, we're never missing. gonna know. And right, and I think that's also like what intrigues people about history is like there are some things like that don't have a definitive definitive answer, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool, but frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Probably more frustrating, like Dylan was saying, if we don't know the answer. Yeah. Probably better that way. Better left unknown. Yeah. Because if the man in the atmosphere there was just a lowly ballet or if he didn't actually exist at all, then mm-hmm. might have detracted the importance of the interesting aspect of this story of this mystery right yeah because if we like found out today that that like it was either just like a valet or he didn't exist at all be like oh well that's kind of sad you know <laughs> like yeah it's like oh i thought it would be more like interesting at right. the, the answer would be better but <laughs> you know it's not always that way and right. i guess that's kind of like a good thing yeah when you have mysteries like this and be like well it could be really not a great ending, but like, we'll never know. So I can just believe what I want, you know? Exactly. Right. Some, some yeah. sort of like bittersweet, you know? Yeah. Like we have the answer, but it might not be what we want. Yeah. What we want it to be. Right. Uh, all right. Do you all have any final comments? No, I think we're good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah if good. you want to hear some other really interesting projects, um, podcasts, there's a ton of other groups that have done some great research and some more great mysteries. And you should definitely go check them out on the podcast page. And um, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.